You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening, thank you for listening. Charlotte Greenway here with episode 106 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast on Friday the 15th of December. While most people count down to Christmas, the racing world counts down to Boxing Day and to the King George at Kempton, which is a race we'll look at later in this episode. But first, before then, we've got Cheltenham tomorrow, where the feature race is the December Gold Cup. And this is the sort of race in which Paul Nichols has a really good record. He's got Mon Morale in there and Il Rodoto, while Emmett Mullins, who you always have to take seriously, sends so Scottish. The favourite, though, is Thunder Rock, whose win at Carlisle was franked last time by Marla Mission finishing second in the Hennessy. And Nick caught up with his trainer, Ollie Murphy, earlier this week to find out if he expects the horse to have come forward for that run. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think a little bit more experience under his belt would have done the world good as well. So, uh, yeah, listen, look like it looks like he's on a hopefully a workable mark looking at the, the, uh, yeah, the result from the, from the Coral Gold Cup. So, uh, yeah, look forward to running him. He's in good nick and, um, yeah, really look forward to him. He, he was chipping away around with the, with the best staying novice chasers last season. I mean, do you think what he's, he's got what it takes to make into a, into a genuine graded horse? Yes, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Um, we kind of we were torn between the idea of a Peterborough chase or, or this race, and kind of came to the conclusion if he was going to win a Peterborough, go close, it'd be very competitive of a mark in the mid one forties. So, listen, very good prize money on offer. He's been trained for the race. Um, I don't think it's going to be a humongous field, and yeah, he looks unexposed having his first run the handicap. And if he gets into a rhythm, I think he's uh, got a, got a lovely chance. Uh, and I noticed you, you were toying with with going up in trip last year. You ran him in the in the race behind the real whacker over three miles, the Brown Advisory at at Cheltenham. Do you think the the more um, stamina requirements of the new course will suit him better than the old course at Cheltenham? I, I think it'll give him a little bit more time. I'm not sure he's an out and out three mile. I'm not quite sure he stayed the the, the, the couple of times we, we we tried him over the trip. So. Uh, yeah, I think we're better off riding him fairly positively over over two and a half, kind of two five, than than dropping him in over over three. So, yeah, I think uh, conditions will suit, triple suit, and uh, yeah, he's in very good form. We're looking forward to running him. So he's just one of those that needs a bit of time to warm up. Hundred percent. He, he's a bit cold early on in his race, um, but yeah, he's um, he's a horse who does warm into it, and uh, yeah, if he's in striking distance turning in, hopefully he'll uh, yeah he'll get close. Carrying top weight in tomorrow's race will be Grade 1 winner Fakir Duderi, who makes the trip across the Irish Sea for this. And Nick caught up with his trainer, Joseph O'Brien, in the week to find out why he'll be starting his season in a handicap this year rather than in graded company. Yeah, well, I suppose, Nick, it's obviously at, at an intermediate distance, which which we think su- suits him pretty well. Um, he is giving weight all round. Um, but, but, you know, he just fell a little bit short in in the top company last spring. And he's obviously a multiple grade one winner. But we, we, we you know, haven't discussed his plans for the season with, with Frank and, and JP. Um, we're going to just look at a slightly different route with him this year and see where that leads us into the spring. Did did you feel that that he was performing 
to his best, but others had caught up with him last year, or that he just wasn't quite firing on all cylinders at the back end of the season? Um, I think he, he ran pretty well, Nick, in in, in just about all of his runs. Um, uh, but but just found found one or two too good for him, and uh, you know, in those real top races that he had had been winning the the, the two years previously. So so um, he had been around for a while, um, and uh, he's twenty miles in the clock. So he had an extended uh, break this this summer, and um, uh, you know, really we're kind of been targeting the, the spring with him, and this was a, a nice starting point. We we had the option of going to uh, Huntington um, a couple of weeks ago um, uh, but he was penalised in there for winning a grade 2 last last season so so we thought that maybe coming here and carrying the weight in you know what is a significant class drop for him uh, would be an interesting place to start. Yeah it sounds like you're sort of feeling your way through. Is there a possibility just in the in the back of your mind that he could still just boss these for class? Uh, well, there's always the possibility, but but it is um, it is difficult to to give weight and a lot of weight all round in in those these high end handicaps. Um, but but he is there's no doubt he's the classiest horse in the race, and um, I mean he's a obviously a multiple grade one winner. So so he carries the weight for a reason, and we we think he has summered very well. And um, it you know not to kind of call it an experiment, but it, it is an interesting place to start him off this season, and and it will kind of give us a an idea or guide us to what is the correct next step for him. Well, next Saturday on the 23rd of December, at Ascot, Paisley Park will be bidding for his fourth win in the Long Walk Hurdle. He's a firm fan favourite, and I'm sure that all the crowd will be cheering him on. He's a horse who's meant so much to his owner, Andrew Gemmell, and this is something that he reflected on with Nick this morning. Well, it's, it's immeasurable, really. I mean, he won the first time. I was quite hopeful the first time. And then the second time, well, actually he won at Cheltenham and then he won the Cleve. And then, of course, he had the heart problem. And then the whole thing is just an amazing story from beginning to end. But hopefully not end yet. And, and what, what can we really expect of him, do you think, now? And we saw that great run at, at Newbury the other day. What's been the, the vibe, the feedback from Emma Lavelle and her partner Barry Fenton and, and everybody involved in the yard? I think it was still pretty hopeful. I mean, he ran such a great race the first time with that against Dassel Dash. I mean, two old boys like that battling it out. And the year before, he just lost a champ. And uh, hopefully this time he can get it right and come again. And I'm sure you'll join everyone in sort of wishing Aidan Coleman a very speedy recovery as well because he's been so instrumental to this, this horse's trajectory. Oh, massively so. And I was so pleased to see him come to Newbury because... I was worried that he wouldn't come, you know, it's some sort of him, the horse, but he was there and it was great to see him there on, on the two weeks ago. So he, he came just to support you? Yeah, support the horse, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a pretty classy thing to do. Uh, uh, as far as, as, far as you, you're concerned, Andrew, I mean, you've, you've been lucky enough to be involved in some really good horses aside from, from Paisley Park. Um, uh, yeah, Cruyff's turn and you were involved in it. Uh, Trushan, of course, as well, uh, who's been another great folk hero. But uh, tell me, tell me for you why why Paisley's a bit different. Well, I think when you think that he, after he was second at Warwick first time, then he he, he almost died, and, and he's just come back, and it's, he's just it's the whole. Everyone seems to you know be at Test matches or football grounds. They always say, "Come on, Paisley!" It's unbelievable. It means a lot, really. And in terms of what it's done in, for your interest in the sport as well, has it has it grown? It would you have would you have gone into all these other horses were it not for him? 
well, I couldn't afford it to. It wasn't paid, Nick, actually. But, uh, yes, I mean, I've always been very keen. And, uh, and, but it's just been, I've been so fortunate to have this horse. And he's been great for me and for Emma and, and Harry and Aidan, of course. And now Tom's going to be riding him at Ascot a week on Saturday, all being well. This is Tom Bellamy, of course. So all systems go is the is the short answer to, to my question. I hope so. I just think it's going to be a great day. Let's hope we go ahead this year because, of course, last year he was abandoned and uh, I was in Australia when he was at Kempton. And obviously there's a period in horses' careers and lives when there's massive pressure on because everyone just expects them to win every single time. Is it, in a sense, a bit more enjoyable to be owning him now that that kind of pressure is slightly alleviated? Yes, definitely. I think, cause, and you know, everyone's just so supportive of him as well. He's he's just become a bit of a, a cult hero now. It's, it's great. I love it still. And, and just hope he runs well next week. It's so important. Just to, I'd love to win a fourth, and then a fourth Cleve would be great as well. Looking ahead to the King George at Kempton on Boxing Day now, and at the moment, it looks as though the Irish have the edge. After Willie Mullins confirmed to Nick this week that Alaho is still on track. But at even shorter odds than him in the betting and heading the market is Jerry Colom, who won on his reappearance in the champion chase at Down Royal. And Nick caught up with trainer Gordon Elliott this week to see whether the King George was still plan A. Yeah, at the moment we're leaning towards the King George and Jerry Colom. Um, it looks like the race is probably going to cut up a bit more than Leperstown. I mean, we go to Leperstown, we could have four or five in the race. And you've got uh, Martin Brazel's horse and, and a num- number of others. But at the moment, we're leaning towards the King George, yes. Um, how is he? He's in great form. He doesn't do anything very fancy at home. Uh, he's a very laid-back horse, but we're going to give him a bit of work on grass on Friday morning. And uh, all being well, we'll probably early in the week confirm where we're going to go. But at the moment, we're probably leaning uh, slightly towards the King George. Another for an Irish trainer, but this time based in the UK, is the real whacker for Paddy Neville. He finished lane when he pulled up in the Paddy Power Chase at Cheltenham last month, but he's not unfancied to bounce back. And here's Paddy discussing his Brown Advisory winner and how he's recovered from that run at Cheltenham. He's 100% uh, in great form. He came out, he got a bit of an overreach the last day, but... Uh, in fairness to Sammy, he looked after him. He, he knew he wasn't there was something not not right, so he he, he pulled him up. Okay. Uh, he he came back in. He was a bit lame, but it was only an overreach. Which thank God we got we got kind of only we got it sorted out within about two or three days. So uh, how how much how much work did he have to miss? Not too much, about maybe two days, three days. But he didn't he didn't really miss because we had him on the water treadmill, which is here, which is a great facility to to get uh, cuts and things like that healed up quick, you know. And really, you don't miss a whole pilot. He didn't miss he didn't miss any time really. And no. do you, do you reckon you'll get him to the King George? Oh, hundred percent, yeah. All going good. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you don't. You you look at you look at that field and you think. Mm. You know, you've beaten Jerry Colomb once already. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, he, he's, he's the type of horse, he just takes that run every year as well. I know I started him off, he kind of just didn't work out the way we wanted it to work. We were going to Carlisle probably a week or two before Cheltenham, and uh, he, the ground just turned out to be too heavy. So I said I wouldn't start him off there. So we looked at the at, uh, paddy, we had him in the paddy power. So I had been down in Cheltenham in the October meet, so the ground was absolutely beautiful ground. So I said we'd, we'd go there. But sure, when, when we left uh, North Yorkshire here, the sky opened all the way down and it ran for two days previous to the paddy power. So the ground went heavy, really. So 
carrying top weight, he wasn't ideal in in a good race like that. So, but he ran as well as I. Uh, I was happy till the point, the point where he just died off. You know. Yeah, exa- exactly that. It, it's, it sounds as though he's the sort of horse who actually needs a few runs rather than one that you need to be wrapping up. The one run every year, he, he takes it every year uh, and he kind of just comes alive in after that. He kind of, uh, like, he, he did come back out of the race well. He he, he realised that, uh, yeah, he said, we're back to work here. <laughs> and so. is, is Sam all set to, to ride him, King George, yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, and looking forward to him. Uh, we're looking forward to him. He, the horse has, has come out. He's, he's he's done a lot of work since, and he's been away a few days. We were hoping to get a grass gallop, but we we can't really because of the of the ground conditions. While last year's winner, Brave Man's Game, looks to be the leading hope for the Brits this year, Royal Pagai had him well beaten at Haydock in the Betfair Chase. And here's his trainer, Venetia Williams, on how she's feeling about his chance less than two weeks out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously something to look forward to for sure. Um, I think, um, you know, ground is always important to sort of see the best of him. Um, Not sure what we're going to get. We've probably got a slightly better chance of getting the softer ground than in the past. I I did just wonder whether... How how contingent he was on the ground. I know the time of the the Haydock race wasn't too bad. It just certainly didn't suggest it was a complete slog through the the deep winter mud. Gosh. Yeah, no, no, no. He doesn't need to have that at all. Um, but I just think it slows the others up a bit more. Um, you know, unlike maybe other horses, he probably doesn't go a lot quicker. You know, on 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 dry ground than he does on soft. Um, and and Haydock these days, despite what what everybody says and what is described. It, it, it's never the, the testing ground of, of old. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't have been that testing the other day. Quite a hard performance to assess in terms of figures the other day. Uh, hey, Doc, obviously he, he looks superb, as, as he often does. He's a very consistent horse. Are there grounds in your mind for believing that he could actually be a fundamentally better horse this year? <laughs> yeah, very, very good question. And, and, it, and it's hard to, to sort of try and reconcile yourself with that possibility because of the age he is you know and he's obviously been around for, for quite a while um I, I don't know i mean you know obviously I've, I've been pleased the way our horses have been running um this season which um it's only been going sort of six or seven weeks for us um you know and that might have sort of contributed a bit to his well-being um i don't know we'll find out uh, we will. Uh, and one sort of pleasing aspect is that his jumping was pretty assured. Normally he can just splice one or two when you least expect it. Um, do you do a lot? Yeah, no, no, he did. He did. You probably couldn't see it from the camera angle. He was slightly hidden. But um, yeah, two down the back, one on each circuit. Um, he, he did as usual. I don't Because he's not a bad jumper, is he? he just that, that, that tendency just to sort of take his eye off the ball for no reason. Well, he's a big, strong horse, and 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 you know he's he's when he meets one wrong, occasionally he will put in that other stride. But um, uh, he didn't get away with it um, at Fairy House, which was unfortunate. But um, yeah, it, that that's the way he is, and and he's not going to change now. Uh, have you given much thought to the the very back end of the season? I suppose Kempton will tell you a bit, but think of running him in the Grand National or something like that. Um, he'll have an entry. He had an entry last year, actually, but didn't go. Um, you know, he went to, he went for the Irish version instead. Um, but yeah, no, he'll, he'll definitely have an entry this year. Um, and that 
even though he has got that tendency to miss one, I could see him going quite well around there. Well, possibly. Um, I mean, you know, as we all know, the fences aren't what, what they used to be. And, and, and hopefully, um, with the obstacles in front of him now, you'd hope that he might just manage to find his way around. So there we are. Nick will, of course, continue the build-up to the King George next week. No doubt starting on Monday's episode. Thank you once again for listening. Enjoy the weekend, and I'll be back next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.